It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on all of the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page in the post and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in a Thursday edition of East Coast Bias. Of course, for our friends right here. On FanDuel TV, it is a loaded program. We got a lot to get to. We welcome in Raheem Palmer, who's adjusting his seat as we speak. We welcome in Joe House. There's truly J.J. Jonsi-Stremski. We'll recap what was a very entertaining divisional round. We will set the stage for Championship Sunday, where you will have Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes at 3 o'clock, and then you will have the Lions trying to get to their first-ever Super Bowl as seven-point underdogs against Brock Purdy, George Kittle. We'll see if Debo Samuel is going to play in the San Francisco 49ers. We'll do the football in a matter of moments, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. But two big NBA news items to get to right out of the shoot. House, you spent some time on this on the Bill Simmons podcast just 24 hours ago. I even did a little on my New York, New York pod, more killing the idea that ESPN's got to go find a number one analyst because Doc Rivers, our ringer colleague, Doc Rivers, the former coach of Raheem's Philadelphia 76ers, basically goes, advises Coach Griffin. Coach Griffin can't coach defense to save his life, but his team, you know, 16, 17 games over the 500 mark. He's out. Doc Rivers in. I don't know where to begin with this. House, I'll start with you. Um, you guys get ready to do a Tuesday show. How stunned were you to find out Milwaukee pulling a page out of the Cleveland David Blatt Ty Lue playbook goes and makes a coaching change? So honestly, I was super impressed. I think that the organization is absolutely doing right by Giannis. When you have a transcendent talent like the freak and you're at, you have him in his absolute prime, He's either the best basketball player on planet Earth or the second best basketball player on planet Earth. And he has said to them, look, my goal is to get to the championship game, every championship series every year and to win it. And anything less than that is a failure. And notwithstanding, you know, his back and forth in the in the press conference with the young man when the Bucks got knocked out in the first round, in the most recent playoffs because he was hurt, because Giannis was hurt. 
but I think they're all in and everything that they're doing is with a with an eye towards an all-in championship caliber, championship level organization and team on the floor, what they did in terms of acquiring Dame and what they did in terms of, you know, making a switch when it's apparent that they're 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 being held back in some manner by the coach. So I, I think uh kudos to that organization for for pulling the plug, you know, right away and saying, look, we we have half a season to figure it out. It's a team laden with veterans, laden with guys with mileage. And I think, you know, under under Doc, who really it seems like based on the stories, and we'll see more stories come out this week, Dream, but I think the idea of Doc is let's just get an adult. We just need an adult because the players on the floor know their roles, know how to be successful. I think Doc will tweak the offense a little bit. We're going to see some pick and roll maybe a little more than, than what we've seen. But Dream, uh, I think it, it, it's a great move, and I think the Bucks are live. Yeah, this is the best move that they could possibly make. And look, the one thing about Doc Rivers is that he always has had great relationships with star players. And it's clear that Adrian Griffin from the door he hasn't had those great relationships. You you bring in a guy like Terry Stock, who coached Damian Lillard in Portland, and you run him off to the point where he quits before the season even starts. He could have made your job easier. He could have gotten you acquainted with Damian Lillard and made this offense a little better so you're running more pick and rolls with Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Then you bring your defensive scheme over from the Raptors where you have guys switching on the pick and rolls and you're not playing drop coverage with Brooke Lopez. So everything was a complete disaster from the schemes on the court to his interpersonal relationships. And like you said, Doc is going to be the adult in the room. A lot of people don't like Doc, but he's become almost underrated because the one thing that you can say about Doc Rivers is that he has competent NBA teams. Like no matter what's going on, whether it's Donald Sterling, whether it's CP3 and Blake Griffin beefing, whether it's anything going on, you're going to have a competent team. And in an era where, I mean, you got coaches losing 27 straight games. It's nice to have some competency and it's nice to have an adult. Listen, no argument, guys. They're getting an upgrade from Coach Griffin. At the same time, though, the Milwaukee Bucks are not a team where it's like, hey, let's just get in the playoffs. Hey, let's just go win around. They have championship aspirations. And listen, this is the best they can do. It's midway through the year. It's tough to go and wave a magic wand and go get yourself, you know, uh, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, Nick Nurse, on and on we go. But Dream, for me, this changes their ceiling a little bit. Like, there's the, well, anytime you have a team with Giannis and company, you're in the mix to go and win a title. I don't like their defense. I don't know how much better it's going to get with the personnel that's on the roster, number one. And number two is Doc Rivers in a playoff series. I'm sorry. Like, if I'm an opposing team, that's not keeping me up at night. So I think Milwaukee will be in that mix. So I think they'll win a boatload of games. I'm sorry, though. I don't see them as a championship team with Doc Rivers or without Doc Rivers. I don't. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a little higher on the Bucks this year than most people. A lot of people feel like the loss of Drew Holiday was huge. but I look at that Bucks team, and you go back to that Miami series. They weren't stopping anybody with Drew Holiday. Like, Jimmy no, Butler, Jimmy Butler ate that lunch. Lit them and up. And Drew Holiday's lunch. He did. And the one thing I will say is that when you look historically, over the Giannis and Bud 
era, they only had a top five offense in the playoffs just once. So this is a team that got to the postseason and the offense bogged down because we all know Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's not a great outside shooter. He's a guy who you need him to score at the paint. And if you build that wall, if you don't have that guy who can break down the defense and get his own shot, you can slow that offense down. Now with Damian Lillard, things are different. And you're seeing it even this year in the regular season. Last year, the offensive rating, 115, 13th in offensive rating. This year, they're up to fourth, scoring 121 points per under possessions, and they still haven't even figured things out offensively that well. They're not running those Dame and Giannis pick and rolls. So when we get to the postseason, you're going to see this offense go to a different level, and I think Doc will spam that Giannis and Dame pick and roll. How's does this change? Your view on the Bucs being able to win a title this year? Like, listen, they have Giannis. They, they, they're still going to be one of the title favorites. They were one of the title favorites before they made this coaching change. Do you like the Bucs more, a lot more with Doc Rivers? That's my question. Would you go now invest in Milwaukee to be a team that wins a title this season? It's absolutely changed my outlook and forecast for Milwaukee. I crossed them off. I, I saw, we saw. So you were out enough. on the Bucs, okay. I was okay. out. I mean. You know, the, 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 the personnel is in place, um, you know, notwithstanding, you know, the, the, the real key to me, and we'll see this as playoffs come in, if Middleton's healthy and let's say 75% of the version that he was in 2019, then they're absolutely live. That's the key kind of personnel aspect to it. But I thought there was a ceiling on the team's uh, outcome, success, prospects, fortunes this year because of that coach. And you, we watched with Joe Maz. We watched with Boston last year, Joe Missoula. You look, when, when the playoffs come and you're playing the same team night in, night out, and they have all of your schemes mapped out and figured out, then it really does put a premium on who's calling the shots and in the decision-making in the moment. And I thought Adrian Griffin was absolutely going to cost them a, a series over the course of the playoffs. I did not have them as the Eastern Conference uh, winner. The prices are all terrible still for the Bucks, so I'm not in the market right now. I'm not going to play them. But I, I, I definitely, my uh, opinion of their fortunes has, has changed in the 24 hours, absolutely. Speaking of a team, though, that I do want to invest in, and I have a preseason ticket, I want to maybe double and triple the meat. Miami makes a trade that's rather predictable. They take Kyle Lowry. They go and send him to Charlotte. They get Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, you want to talk about a guy that's at essential casting to go and play for Eric Spolstra, to go and play for the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat fans are going to absolutely adore the idea of having Terry Rozier on their team. Raheem, I'm saying it because my Knicks could be in that 4-5 mix. If there's one team I want no part of playing in a first-round series, it's the Miami Heat. And I think this goes for Boston. I think this goes for Milwaukee. I think this goes for Philly. And all of these teams, they are so well-coached. They have Jimmy Butler. Now they add much-needed offense here. Time to go and buy in on the Miami Heat, or should we just sit and let them go and kind of kickwalk through the regular season and get them right before playoff time? You know they don't care too much about what happens in these regular season games. Well, I think we should defer to House because House actually played some futures on the Miami Heat, I think at 13 to 1. I, I, I immediately, as the trade was announced with Rogier, I jumped on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's like, I got, I must fire, fire now. Fire, pop, it was like, you know, Beavis and Butthead. Pow, 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 pow. I must have the head action. 
Um, I was happy to get him at that 13 to one. It's 10 to one today on the FanDuel Sportsbook with Miami. And and look, we talked about this a little bit on the on the Bill Simmons podcast. I think this version of Miami, if they are healthy, it's always that caveat, is better than the version of Miami that made it to the NBA Finals last year. I think getting Tyler Hero back and 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 you know uh capable of firing on all cylinders is a huge upgrade to that team's offensive capacity. Rogier is the perfect fit. You you've made the, a great point, JJ, and Bam is on the map. He's telling everybody, "I'm I'm in this upper tier. I demand to be recognized. I demand to be first team defense uh this upcoming season, you know, this 23-24 season." And I, I like this version of Miami, and I think there's still another trade for them. They kept their powder pretty dry. It didn't cost them a ton to bring Rogier on board. So Miami is formidable. You you uh, underestimate Miami at your own risk in this uh, version of the NBA, gents. Boys, we got a lot more to do. We got to get to Championship Sunday in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Dueling off in game one. The Lions trying to get to their first Super Bowl in game two. But we got to recap what was a terrific and really fun to watch. Divisional round in the NFL. And, man, you're in the AFC. It's just a tough road. More ways than one. We're coming right back. If you've been watching the NFL playoffs from the sidelines, there's still time to get in the game with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers bet. This Sunday's conference championship games with $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. FanDuel has so many ways for you to pick up a W. And you know, listen to East Coast bias in New York. New York, it's simple. I like the Ravens. I think it's their time. I think it's their moment. Feel great about them laying three and a half against Kansas City. So you want to follow my pick, go to FanDuel. Right now, get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers to join today. That's FanDuel.com slash gamblers. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. So before we get to these championship games, fellas, we had four games over the course of the weekend. Obviously, the big game of the weekend, hands down, was Buffalo and Kansas City. Salute to you, Raheem Palmer. I was all over it. Kansas City money line, Kansas City plus the two and a half. Um, and this was a game in which, let's be honest, boys, Buffalo got every break imaginable. Andy Reid giving the ball to McCall Harmon on the one-yard line made absolutely no sense. Inexcusable. How about the Josh Allen fumble where you got idiots on Kansas City trying to scoop and score? I'm like, throw on the ball, would you please? They don't, but Buffalo and Allen, and Allen had a fine game. This game is not, to me, an indictment necessarily on Josh Allen. His statistics were terrific. I think the people in the media now have taken it above and beyond. Dude is a winner, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. That's what it boils down to. 
And this is the reality now for all of these quarterbacks in the AFC. Raheem, you really poked the bear a little bit with the Jordan Ewing reference. But I think for all of these top quarterbacks, and we'll get to this game with the Ravens and the Chiefs momentarily, but you're coming at the king, right? Like this was the year in which the Chiefs were supposed to be vulnerable. They had no receivers. They lost at home to the Raiders. Oh, this is when you can go and get them. Patrick Mahomes gets in. They start waving a magic wand, and he's up to his usual trick stream. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this team, like, since week 17, this offense has started to get rolling. You see, they scored 25 points against the Bengals. They scored 26 points against the Dolphins and 27 points against the Bills. And you could argue that they left meat on the bone in all of those games because they're getting down to the red zone. They're kicking field goals. And then we know that they fumbled at the one-yard line. So it just feels like this offense has finally found it. You're seeing them get to the line of scrimmage. You're seeing them, you know, push the pace a little bit more. So Patrick Mahomes in this offense is dangerous, even against the Ravens defense, which has been one of the best in the league this year. Yeah, JJ, what we are seeing out of the combination of Mahomes and Pacheco and Travis Kelsey. I was going to say, Kelsey, House, I think he's seeing your doctor. You know, I, I think all of a sudden he's seen your doctor over the last few weeks or whatever the case may be. He looks like a new man. Well, I and, and look, you know, at this stage of his career, it makes perfect sense for him to want to arrive in the playoffs in tip-top shape. It is one of the props that I hit last week. I loved the market sitting there at, at 61 and a half or 62 receiving yards. No issue whatsoever with him clearing that threshold. And it, you you just see the trust that Mahomes has in Kelsey and the way they scheme to get him open. And he is, you know, some um, one and a half times faster than, than you know, in the, the end of the season. Um, but to me, look, dream hit on it. That team has explosive plays. They had six plays of 20 or more yards. You know how many Buffalo had? None. Zero. And that is a function of the identity of this Kansas City team, which has been defense first all season. But with the offense rounding in the form, man, it's it's a tough handicap to try and come up with a, a game script or a, or a theory for uh, fading the Chiefs, from my humble pr- perspective. Well, hold that thought, save that thought, because we're going to get to this Chief-Raven game momentarily. Uh, but looking back on what happened last weekend, Raheem, Josh Allen is one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. The numbers back that up. He carried the the Bills into the postseason this year. They were 6-6. and He won the game at Miami in Week 18 when he put the team on his back. They smoked the Steelers, but they had everything set up for them, right? Like, we know Allen is going to be a fixture and a factor in this league for years to come, but you had the game at home. You had a wounded Kansas City team. You got every break imaginable. I think it's okay for a Bills fan to be like, hey, I know I got my guy at quarterback. I know he can get me back to this point. But if I can't get past Mahomes and the Chiefs this year, Dream, when the hell am I going to do it? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it's ever going to happen. And look, as great as Josh Allen is, if there's one thing that we'll know, he'll always give you one. You spoke about the fumble, which he, I mean, he dropped the ball on the ground. But the play before that, he almost threw a pick six. So this is a guy who, and like, 
when I look at Sunday's game, he played tremendously. He was able to run the ball. He was able to, you know, take what the defense get, gave him. But towards the end of that game, it just didn't feel like he started to take what the defense gave him. And it felt like, you know, he threw two passes to where it's just like he's going for the home run. Now, I don't want to blame Josh Allen for this because it, it feels like, you know, Stephon Diggs is not the same receiver. He dropped a 60-yard bomb that would have put them in good field position and with a chance to take the lead. But things are changing in, in, in Buffalo. They're going to have some cap issues. And over the next couple of years, I don't know when, when they pay Josh Allen what they're going to be able to put around him. So if you can't get it done now, and you can't get it done when you have a lead with 13 seconds to go, I don't know if you're ever going to be able to get it done after you pay the quarterback and he's no longer on this rookie pay scale. Um, if it were up to me, I think you have to put a better offensive mind around Josh Allen. They haven't gotten out of the second round of the playoffs since Brian Dable has left. And I think Brian Dable was a big part of what made that offense what it was. And this year, the offense wasn't the same. And I, I felt like Sean McDermott, he has a way of putting a governor on that offense. So if it were up to me, I would be replacing Sean McDermott and I would be looking towards an offensive-minded head coach. So I want to do a glass-half-full version for, for the Bills because while on paper it looked like, you know, they had the advantage, they had the, the situation that they want, from my humble perspective, what they lost because of the blizzard that arrived the week before, um, they lost two days of rest, and they had a number of injuries to that defense, a defense that had already experienced a bunch of injury. So they arrived at a rest, a rest deficiency and with hurt uh, guys on, on defense. So it was, to me, not the optimal version of this Bills team. And I felt cheated a little bit because I, I, want, I want those two teams to be going head-to-head on, e, on an even playing field. I think that, uh, you know, the Bills, that, that defense, what they showed in the stretched run, the six games that they won outright to make it to the playoffs and win the two seed, plus the performance um, the, in, in, in the playoffs against Pittsburgh, that defense is legit. And, you know, it is a function from, from Dream's good point of how are they going to be able to maintain that level of personnel have Josh Allen surrounded because really he, he was failed by uh, defensive skill players. Gabe Davis didn't play. And Stefan Diggs has been MIA since, you know, w- week 12. I mean, where's Von Miller been all year? I mean, you pay him. Well, he was completely cooked. I mean, that's, you talk about the cap problems. The fact that Sean McDermott goes and says that's his best game of the year when he makes a couple of tackles in space. I mean, you're paying Von Miller to go and be that closing act on a team that thought he was the missing piece and them winning a championship. And listen, at this stage in his career, you're not getting that same version of Von Miller. You're just not. I have to add, though, because it's one thing when it's just Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. You don't have that right now. This was a year in which Joe Burrow was out. And we saw last year, Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati Bengals defense, they went into Buffalo and dominated Buffalo. Oh, they smoked so, them. Game was so never in doubt. So Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills team, they don't just have to worry about Patrick Mahomes. You got to worry about Joe Burrow. You got to worry about Lamar Jackson. You got to worry about Justin Herbert, who 
maybe picking up Harbaugh. So there's a lot of competition in the AFC. And if those cat problems arise, the Bills might not be able to get it done. Okay, boys. The other big takeaway I have, I'm curious to look at it from your guys' perspective. Glass half full or glass half empty for the Niners. And I want you guys to save your analysis of what we're going to see with Detroit and San Francisco. But House, would you look at their Packer game and say, glass half empty, got thoroughly outplayed, a lot of concerns, or glass half full, they played a terrible game. They probably had no business winning. They have all these statistics about Shanahan being down in the fourth quarter, not being able to win a game, and they go and win a game. And now they're still playing football here this weekend. I, I I honestly don't know where I stand on this. Are you more glass half full with the Niners going into championship Sunday? Or is it more glass half empty because of Saturday? Uh, I think it's a glass that's filled to the halfway point. I think both are true. I think we saw the true version, the truest version of the Niners. So the two things that the Niners had to contend with, the rain, and Debo getting hurt. And the rain had a super impact on Purdy. It, it appeared to impact Purdy far more dramatically than Jordan Love. And Debo is the straw that stirs the drink for that, that Niners offense. So, you know, and, and I don't really think that the version of the, the Niners defense that we saw is a, is a fair, um, rendition because it was pouring rain. Everybody was falling all over the field. Now, it seemed like perhaps Green Bay, their secondary fell down a little bit less. And we were very suspicious, properly, of the Joe Barry secondary, the Joe Barry defense. But at the end of the day, it was not the uh, Packers defense that let them down. It was, you know, the inability of the Packers with a couple high leverage situations. They put that boy out there to kick a field goal. Get that kid off the field. That kid, he misses a he misses a kick every game. I don't know what the you know the point is. Put they drafted that kid like, well, he's our kicker. We got him, and all he does is go out there and miss. And then you know Jordan Love at the at the very end wasn't able to to bring them down. Um, but I you know I think what we saw in terms of the the Niners was a pretty good in, indication of their strengths and their vulnerabilities. I'm going to go glass half full. Um, and the reason why is because, look, Brock Purdy didn't really answer any questions for me at all. I know it was raining, but and I know that he had the game-winning drive, but that was a game in which the Packers should have won. We all know Brock Purdy. He's thrown an interceptable pass nearly 4% of the time. The Packers couldn't catch him. Meanwhile, Jordan Love, the 49ers were able to catch his interceptions. So you, you take those away, and the Packers are able to run away with that game. And then, obviously, you have the missed field goal. And that missed field goal was absolutely huge because they make that field goal. Yes, the 49ers tie it up, but Jordan Love made that throw. He did because he's behind. And a lot of people say momentum doesn't exist, but you can tell that he, like, the, the pressure was on him to score quickly. Whereas, you know, if that's a tie game right there, all they need is a field goal to win the game. I, I think you see a much more conservative approach from him. So Brock Purdy didn't answer any questions. 
going into this week, we know the 49ers, their defense, they're not able to stop the run. And the Lions are able to do that well. So I'm not buying it. This is the 49ers team that we saw from earlier this year. And I think a lot of their numbers this year have just been inflated. That sets the stage for us, fellas. When we come back, Championship Sunday. We'll start with the AFC, then we'll hit the NFC. Is it going to be deja vu? We shall see. Our picks, they're coming up next. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Au contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. All right, boys. AFC Championship time. Baltimore and Kansas City. Ravens favored by three and a half. The total opened at 45. It is now at 44 and a half. Let me start the proceedings here. I call dibs. I don't know. I, I I feel, let's put it this way, guys. I have a lot more opinion, and I have a much stronger stance on this game than I do in the nightcap. I have already bet this game. I have not bet the NFC title game. Full disclosure. I love the Ravens on Sunday. Absolutely, positively love the Ravens on Sunday. I think it's Lamar Jackson's time. I think it's the Ravens' time. And I think what you have, fellas, in this situation is Patrick Mahomes just beat Buffalo. 50 million people watch this game. The Chiefs have the pedigree. I know the conspiracy theories are out about the officiating and Taylor Swift and Kelsey with the shirt off and the whole deal. The Ravens have been the most complete team in the AFC all year. Their defense has been terrific. They have a lot of different ways to beat you. I think they're going to get Mark Andrews back. I think it's their time, boys. I'm laying three and a half. I think the line being three and a half kind of tells you something here, at least in my opinion. I'll start it off. You guys could throw tomatoes in my face and you can mock me on Monday for betting against Patrick Mahomes. That's fine. I am on Baltimore. Lock it in at three and a half. House. Uh, so I don't share your conviction, but I'm not on the other side necessarily yet. I haven't yet really chosen the side. The one bet that I did make was Baltimore to win the Super Bowl. Because what I wanted to do was be in the position of plus money going in. They're plus 200 right now um, to win the Super Bowl. And if they win this game um, against the Chiefs, the, to me, they're going to win the Super Bowl. So You're that's not the getting plus I, 200 on the Ravens uh, two go. weeks from now in Vegas. No shot. So that that that's the play that I made uh, on the Ravens. The way I'm preferring to play this, the bet that I've made right away is the over in this game. And I think that this just matches up, you know, perfectly for a lot of points. In the first place, what we've seen out of the Chiefs offense over this last handful of games and Dream hit on it when we were talking about that Bills game, they have come into finding some form. And I think the way that Pacheco especially is running creates some issues. The one way that you can attack this Baltimore defense is is you know up the middle like they they try and have a, a a light box and it's it's attackable um the the chiefs have scored at least 23 points in every one of their afc conference championship games and buffalo i mean well 
Baltimore at home has has been prolific. The the last five games are averaging 49 points. They had 44 last week because they dominated um, Houston. 75 the week before that, 68, 54, 64. Um, I, I absolutely look 24, 21 is gets you to the over in, in this game. And that's an over. So over is my favorite play in this. I just love both quarterbacks. I think both of them are going to run. I love the, the over totals for both of their rushing yards and don't sleep on the fact that, that both teams have elite field goal kickers, both guys good from 55 yards or more. The, the weather forecast does not look um, brutal. It's not going to be, I don't think, you know, the, the, the rain is out and it doesn't look like uh, unusual win. So I'm, I'm counting on points, uh, fellas. Yeah, so I initially liked the under for this game, but I agree with House 100%. I think this total is short at 44 and a half. I played the over as well. And look, the thing, the thing is, when you look at the Ravens, I know that they are second in EPA per play on defense. I know that they are top five in EPA per play against the pass. I know that they're top five in EPA per play against the run. But when you look at how they've done against, you know, some of the better offenses in this league, you're talking about a Rams team. They put up 31 in bad weather in the rain. You're talking about the Sean Watson who put up 33 points on the Browns on the road on this Ravens team. And with the way that the Chiefs are playing right now, over the last four weeks, since the Cincinnati Bengals game, they've turned a corner. So the, they're not going to be able to slow down this Chiefs offense at all. And I don't think the Chiefs are necessarily going to be able to slow them down. I, I know I spoke all year about how there's only been four teams that have scored over 21 points. Now it's five teams because you can add the Buffalo Bills. They scored 24 points last week, and they didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter. So. I, like House said, 24-21 gets it done. You're, you're talking about a Chiefs defense, which really can't stop the run. You're talking about a Chiefs defense, which is 23rd in EPA per play against the run. We know the Ravens are going to be able to run the ball. And we know that the Ravens, they have weapons this year on the outside. You, you got Zay Flowers. You got Isaiah Likely. You got Odell Beckham. You got Mark Andrews. You have so many weapons. And if the Chiefs start to cheat up to stop the run, Lamar Jackson is going to be able to hit some of those open guys. And then also, Willie Gay is injured for this matchup. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but he hasn't been practicing. He was the spot for Lamar Jackson. You saw all last week. They really struggled to stop Josh Allen. So I'm going to play the over in this matchup. One thing I will say is I did give you guys the Kansas City Chiefs, 10-1 to to win the Super Bowl, plus 450 to win the AFC. So you don't, if you trail me on that, you don't have to play a side. You can just take Baltimore Ravens, hedge out of that future, and have some some free money. So, Well, I'm- here's going to be my question to you on that, Raheem, because I have the 10-1 to 1 that you suggested. I did not get involved in, in the AFC proceedings. Is this the sort of game where you would fire on that on FanDuel right away and say, hey, Baltimore's at three and a half, Baltimore's what, whatever they are on the money line, I think 170, 180, whatever the hell it is. It's not exact. You get my point. Would you take it now, or would you get cute and say, hmm, Maybe I get a quick, cheap touchdown, and I could get Baltimore at even money. I know it's risky, but what would be your advice to the folks who kind of tailed you on that? So this one's tough for me because I'm still trying to decide, to decide if I even want to hedge this in the first place. We know all the stats 
about, you know, Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. He's now 9-1-1. One one. And it's very difficult for me to get to a place to where I want to bet against him. Now, I do think the Ravens are the better team. I think you're on the sharp side when it comes to the Ravens. So it, it really depends on your risk appetite, and it also depends on what you feel about this game. Now, I'm still quite undecided, but ultimately, I mean, if you want to lock in a profit, it can never hurt to just take the Baltimore Ravens on the money line right now. If you want to get a little greedy, maybe you can wait for some end game. But I, I think the Ravens, you look at them outside of last week where they didn't cover the first half against the Texans, they were 14-3 and three in the first half. So you kind of waiting for the Chiefs to take a lead. I don't necessarily see that happening because the Ravens are one of the best first half teams in the NFL this year. And then Lamar Jackson has historically been one of the best first half teams in NFL history. Uh, I mean, obviously that changed last week with, you know, a punt return, but that punt return doesn't happen. The Ravens are up 10 to three at halftime. So I can't really advise you to, to, to hedge in game. One note, boys, before we hit break, House, I love the over for Jackson rushing yards this week because I think you've seen with these running quarterbacks, especially the guy that, you know, has that as a part of their arsenal. It's like, all right, I might have held back throughout the course of the regular season. Maybe I didn't run as much as I normally do, but when in doubt, I'm going to use what's an unbelievable asset for me. I think Lamar Jackson goes well over 70-plus rushing yards in this game. I love that. I know Kansas City is going to be ready for it, but you could be ready for it all you want when it's impromptu and it's improvisation, uh, whatever the case may be. You know, uh, I'll take Lamar to go over that rushing prop. Well, look, on FanDuel Sportsbook right this second, 64 and a half yards is the rushing prop for Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes is at 25 and a half. Both of those are overs. For me, JJ, because those are the plays. Those are the players with the football in their hands and those plays where they engineer something because of their own innovation and brilliance. That's how you tilt the outcome of the game. And those two dudes are two of the very best in the league at it. And I like the overs very much for both of them. I also love Dream's point about the first half with Baltimore. That is a play I'm going to make. The line is two and a half. I'm I'm very ready, willing, and able to lay the two and a half with Baltimore at home, first half spread. Sounds like a family play as far as I'm concerned. So I made a very passionate case for the Ravens laying the three and a hook. Uh, I might have grabbed the three and taken it at minus 125 in case you're wondering. I hope it doesn't come down to that, but that's a story for a different day. We'll get to the NFC game. I don't have as strong a conviction on Detroit and San Francisco. We'll see if the fellas do. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Okay, boys, now it's time for the NFC title game. You got the Lions as seven-point underdogs taking on the 49ers. Uh, looks like our friends out in Las Vegas and our friends over at FanDuel think they're going to be a whole lot of points in this game because the total 
currently presides at 51, moved up from 50 and a half. Uh, I'm going to defer on this one. And I'm going to start with you, Dream. This game was harder for me to handicap. Kind of talked about that narrative of glass half full, glass half empty for the Niners. I know there are concerns. We don't know about Debo Samuel yet. The Niners, maybe not the same team they were about a month, month and a half ago. Detroit has ways to beat you. But I also wonder if the Niners had their scare last week against Green Bay. We've seen that a lot of times. And then you get to a championship game and you got past it. You're a different team. And away you go. I'll defer to you. What's our lean? Lions, Niners. Take it away. So I'm having difficulty with this game as well. And a big reason why is because when I look at my model, when I look at the metrics, every single thing says to take the Niners. This line opened up at six and a half, seven. I have it in upwards of 10. So that's a huge gap for me. And it says a lot that the odds makers open this at six and a half, seven. When you have those injuries to Frank Ragnow, you have Jackson out. And how bad this Lions pass defense is. You're talking about a Lions pass defense, which, I mean, they're really struggling. 25th in EPA for play. And Baker Mayfield passed all over them. The Rams passed all over. So you should expect this 49ers team to be able to do the same. But I'm just not sure that this 49ers team is the same team that we've seen most of the year. I mean, look, most of the year, this team has either won by 13 or they've lost outright. That's been the script. And last week against the Packers was the first game in which you saw this team win and they had to come from behind in the fourth quarter. And a lot of it was the Packers giving it away. You're talking about this 49ers team. They're 25th in rushing EPA per play on defense. So the Lions are going to be able to run the ball. We know John Mayer Gibbs, David Montgomery, they should have big dates. And the one thing that I'm concerned with is that if this is a close game. Kyle Shanahan is very conservative. On the other hand, you got Dan Campbell. This is a guy who... He's going to go balls to the wall. He's going to gamble. He's going to go for it on fourth down. He's going to take those shots. You may see, if you could bet on a fake punt, I would bet on a fake punt in this game because that's the type of guy Dan Campbell is. And I think that aggressiveness and those positive expected value decisions are going to come in handy against a conservative guy like Kyle Shanahan. And if they're able to run the ball, which I think they will be against this 49ers team, we saw Aaron Jones have 100-plus rushing yards last week. I think the Lions are alive to win this game. To me, this 49ers team, they haven't played a, a real actual competitive game outside of the, the, the Packers game since December 25th. So we don't necessarily know what they are now. So my lean is the Lions' money line because I don't think the spread is going to come into play. I think the 49ers either win this in a blowout or I think the Lions win outright. And I just think, there's just something about this game with Dan Campbell and Kyle Shanahan that gives them a real shot to pull the upset. Fascinating. Fascinating. Lean at the moment. Lion money line. House, your thoughts? I think it's really, to Dream's point, the only place where there where there's value. I've made uh, two bets. Um, one is, of course, a parlay. I have taken the San Francisco team total at at 29 and a half and parlayed that with the San Francisco money line, that combination gets you to around even odds. It, it's bouncing between 
minus 104 up to minus 108. It'll move around um, over the course of the the, the remaining days. Um, I do like the the, the script of um, San Francisco being able to score points. And to Dream's observation, Dan Campbell's aggressive nature is going to produce opportunities for San Francisco. There should be some short field opportunities for San Francisco to score where Shanahan might otherwise want to sit on the ball and, and, you know, not try and go down the field and score uh, the way that he did against uh, Green Bay. And then we watched uh, Baker Mayfield do it to this Detroit defense. Um, It's the exact same kind of scenario. But the problem I have with the Detroit side it's not a it's not a pass funnel defense. It's a pass sieve defense. Like it, they just give up yards in huge chunks to everybody. They did it. You know, if you go through the list of quarterbacks that have had three hundred fifty plus yard days against them, the last handful of games, yes, some good quarterbacks, but many not good quarterbacks, including uh, Nick Mullins at, at Minnesota, who did it twice in the last four weeks. So. I like the idea of points for San Francisco, but I I love the observation around the vulnerability for um, that San Francisco defense to the rush game and especially to outside zone, which is where my guy Jameer Gibbs loves to live. That He's going to be catching pitches. So the two ways I play Jameer Gibbs, uh, over nine and a half rush attempts and over on his receiving yards. The receiving yards are at, uh, 22 and a half. Both of those are minus 114 on FanDuel. And I think this is a game where Detroit understands they have to get the ball in the hands of their playmaker. David Montgomery will be out there grinding, but Gibbs is, gives them their best chance at that explosive stuff. And if you look, San Francisco's numbers against uh, the outside zone rush are terrible. They're in like the the, the bottom three uh, over the, the last, um, you know, several games so i think that detroit um and ben johnson are aware of this and i expect to see my guy jameer gibbs get max touches jj really really tough game to handicap um i'm with you on gibbs props i'm gonna attack a couple of them we'll have on ringer wise guys coming up on sunday man this game is tough i I understand your case for the lions i really do raheem no debo samuel not our offense not being the same here's what it boils down though to me, Niners been the best team in the NFC all year. They've been waiting to get back to this game since last year. They've been knocking at the door in the NFC title the last couple of years. They're at home. They're a seven-point favorite. And they got so many different ways to beat you. That's, to me, the glass-half-full approach I'm looking at from a Niner perspective. And I'm with you. I think if this game is tight, I think if this game comes down to the wire, a lot of those intangible factors, Campbell, the insanity of Campbell, Ben Johnson and his brilliant play calling, that's where the Lions could go and steal this game. My lean, and I haven't locked it in yet, I think the Niners are going to win by like 10 or 14 points. I do. I, I think you get a couple of golf turnovers. I, I think the Niners kind of flex a little bit. I, th- I just think the Niners are going to be much better offensively than what they were last week and what they've been down the stretch. And remember, Baker Mayfield, Tampa Bay, when they wanted to and they had protection, they threw it all over that line defense. All over that line defense. So, tough game. And when you get to this point in the year, there's a reason why these lines are what they are. 
And they're as sharp as they are. This is not a fun game to handicap, but that's what we do around here. All right, we'll come back, wrap it up. Best bets for Championship Sunday. Maybe it's something else that the guys have in mind. We shall see. That's coming up. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. All right, boys, before we say goodbye, best bets time. It's Championship Sunday. I know there's limited games to choose from here, but we got to find a way. That's what we do here on the show. That's what you guys uh, come to see, come to hear, the whole case. Joe House, Championship Sunday. The floor is yours. Pick away. What do we got? I know that Taylor Swift is going to be in the house in, in Baltimore, but I prefer to think of this game as a beautiful symphony. The two quarterbacks are the maestros, each of them with the baton, the wand in their hands, the ball in their hands, are going to be making beautiful, classical music, legacy-defining play out of both quarterbacks. You can, all the FanDuel Sportsbook, combine their rushing totals. Uh, Lamar Jackson over 64.5, Patrick Mahomes over 25.5, why don't you parlay those two together? Give these maestros their due. That pays at plus 235. It's what I want to see. It is the way for both of these offenses to have their best opportunity to score. I think there will be points. Lamar Jackson over 64 and a half. Patrick Mahomes over 25 and a half plus 235. That's a parlay right there, JJ. Woo, I like it. I like it. I like it. And I love a good old-fashioned narrative when we have it. Okay, Raheem, it seemed like with both of these sides, you're hesitant at the moment, so I don't think we're going to get that for a best bet. What are we going to get, sir, for a best bet? I think we're just going to go with the over. I think House hit the the nail on the head that you're going to see some legacy-defining plays from both of these quarterbacks. And look, how many times do we get Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes? Like, it would shock me if this was just a low-scoring game. So I'm going to go over 44 and a half. I'm right there with you with the over. It is a bet I will be making. It is a play I will be making. But guys, I came on the show knowing full well that I expect to see the Baltimore Ravens in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks. There's just something about the symmetry of all of this. And I know Patrick Mahomes is there. And I know Taylor Swift and Jason Kelsey are doing their thing in the box. And the, every narrative is pointing to Kansas City, except for the fact that Baltimore is better. Baltimore has been better all year. I think Baltimore having the game at home is gigantic. And I also like the fact, guys, that Baltimore had to deal with a little adversity last week. I like the fact 
that they were tied, despite the fact that the Texans couldn't do a darn thing on offense. Yet there we were. It was 10-10. Our group chat, we're talking about six and a half for the second half live line, which I fired on, by the way, and it was never in doubt, never in question. And I think Baltimore is getting to the Super Bowl. And House, I'm going to grab that plus 200 as well, because I know when we are sitting here in two weeks and Baltimore is playing in the game, even if it's against the Niners, not getting plus 200 on the Ravens. So Baltimore minus the three and a half. Baltimore adding it to the portfolio at plus 200. Now we got to lock them in for real. Championship Sunday picks. You know what one of them is going to be for me? We'll see if Dream ends up rolling the dice on the Lion money line. And we'll see if House can't pass up the idea of taking Patrick Mahomes at plus money to get to the Super Bowl. Good job by Stefan. The boys are out. We will see you Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern right here on FanDuel TV. Enjoy your Thursday. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem for 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-I'm with in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or statement of satisfaction by a client. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.